Hey, it's the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15, Streaking. And it's with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and ECHL, PWHL, AHL, WHL. <laughs> Inside in analysis, follow on X at Inside underscore the underscore rink. Download the Inside the Rink app to get extensive Bruins coverage and watch us on YouTube. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Smitty. It's going to tell you how to sign up for ESPN Plus. Yeah, you can go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN Plus and sign up today. I have ESPN Plus. I love all the college sports, UFC, and NHL hockey. So sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. And uh, do it today, you know, so you don't miss any of those NHL games. Now's the time to do it. Do it today. Do Do it it today. today. You know what else you can can do? You can go watch, watch games with your own two eyes uh, through Ticketmaster, and you can do it right through us at InsideTheRink.com. I think that's a great idea. Code action. Yeah, look at the little QR code action. Yeah, scan that right up. You can just hit that bad boy right there, and and we'll throw throw a little bit of cookies at us, or whatever the hell they call (laughs) it in the business. Yeah, I'm all about cookies. I love me some cookies. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite uh, kind of cookie, by the way? My favorite cookie, I'll tell you right now, when I was a kid, Archway Dutch Cocoa. Okay. You know those Archway? Yeah, the Archway, cookies, the big ones, soft. They, they yeah. have these, yes, they have these big Dutch Cocoa ones. Yeah. I used to love those. But I'll tell you what, a double stuffed Milano, don't hate it. Yeah, don't double it. double chocolate yeah. milk, milk, uh, double milk chocolate yeah. Milanos. I'm a big fan of those. You know what else I love? The Oreo Thins. The the yellow Ooh. yellow Oreo yeah. thing with the lemon. I'm a big fan Ooh, of those. I could throw lemon, down yeah. a row of those without any trouble oh. at all. Oh, and I'll tell you what. A, a, a fudge. What are those fudge? Uh, what are those? El fudge? fudge. Oh yeah, the, yeah. El fudge in the middle. I love those. Yeah. You know those what else? Good. I was, uh, a good old raspberry pillow cookie from the old Star oh. Market. <laughs> could throw down about <laughs> four went. million of those things. I worked at the bake shop there years ago, and yeah. I used to. They used to lose money on me, <laughs> lose profit, because I used to eat. I used to throw them, throw them on the ground. Quotation figures. Yeah, drop a tray. Them. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. right. Whoops. Five second rule. Yeah, oh, I'll have on. to eat all of these thirty-six cookies that I just dropped on the oh, ground. Yeah, accidentally on purpose. Crying, crying shame. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so do all those good things. Hey, rapid review. We haven't been around in three, or four weeks, but hey, let's go through some of these things. Since, okay. Since the since the three OT losses in a row, which yeah. is a tough little stretch. Yep. Bruins have won five in a row and over some good teams: Devils, Avalanche, Jets, and they crush Montreal nine to four in the process. Uh, the the rivalry is not very much alive at all. You know, no. basically because the Canadians aren't very good. Yeah. But that was a that was a good little ass whooping to Montreal. Yeah, that was fun. I I enjoyed the hell out of that one. Dan Heinen with his first hat trick in that game, right? In, oh, in four hundred and fifty yeah. games or something, first NHL yeah, hat trick. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. You know, we had some other milestones. Pavel Zaka yeah. during the stretch scored his hundredth career goal. Charlie mm-hmm. Coyle had his seventy third, I believe, as a Boston mm-hmm. Bruin, which uh, you know uh, was. 
I don't know what that was. Some kind of record for him. <laughs> seventy three being a milestone. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why seventy three was a big deal, but it was. Uh, yeah. I don't know yeah. if it was like he he passed Maybe. what he scored with the Wild. I have no idea what it Maybe. was, but some kind of he tied somebody somewhere down the line. Uh, but he had some kind of a milestone. So uh, Pasta had his what sixteenth. Hat trick too in this little stretch. Yeah, he had his thirtieth goal, and then Martian had his twentieth for 11, yeah. 11 years now. Of twenty right. goals. Pat, yeah. he's the all-time leading uh, consecutive twenty-goal seasons in Bruins history yes. now. Bruins history past yes. Bergeron and Busick for yeah. that. So uh, you have to imagine yeah. sixty-three is going up into the rafters at some point. No doubt. Yeah. I think there's no doubt. The sixty-three, thirty-three, and thirty-seven are going. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I think those are the next three. For and sure. sixty-three, really you know, if he keeps this keeps this up, is going to end up in the in the HOF too. I I think. Sure. I think if you get a couple, you know, I don't know how long he'll play. I mean, he has one more year in the contract, but if he does go one year deals out for another couple more years after that, at this rate, I mean, he's still almost a point per game player. I mean, he's still right there. Yeah, he just uh, he just passed so, what nine hundred career points, right? Yeah. 900 career points. So, yeah, he gets over 1,000 points probably Yeah, uh, without much problem if he keeps playing uh, injury-free. And then, yeah, then he's – then he's. I think he's in. I mean, you know, 11, 11 straight seasons of 20-plus goals. I think he's in. I don't think – I don't think there's any question. Won a cup. I mean, all the things you can't – you know, I don't – I mean, the only thing is, is his, his individual milestones. I mean, he's not – hasn't won any real awards or or such. But – um I don't know. No, he, and he hasn't. He hasn't really made all star games either because no, right. of his reputation. But I think yes. you know, if you ask people around the league who was, you know, the best left wing in the league, you know, or one of the two or three best left wings in the league for the last you know handful of years, his name would be there. So I think. It sure would. I so I think yeah. you know when you talk talk about the top players in the game during their era, he's certainly one of them. Yes, I mean he's definitely there. So I I think he does. Boy, it, it, if you're Alexander Mogilny, you get even more pissed. Uh, yeah, but, I mean he uh, should yeah. be in. I don't. Yeah, I, that's that to me is a. Tra- they have yeah. something against Russian guys for some reason. They do. Something's um, going on there. But yeah. uh, he should definitely be in. I mean, rookie record, right? Uh, in goals are seventy six. Seventy six. No, yeah, maybe it wasn't a rookie record. Solani set the rookie record, right? He just Solani. scored. He just scored seventy six. He, he scored seventy six. Yeah. Solani had seventy six for the rookie record, right. right? I think they both had the same. But Jesus, yeah, I mean, McGillney was just unbelievable. Uh, but you're right. Maybe, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so this has been a great stretch for for the Bruins, and uh, they won five in a row, and they've gotten through a couple little blips and starting to get guys back from injury and you know fairly healthy now we'll talk about what that might mean for the roster in just a bit but right now seven chirps are sponsored by lops brewing lobster brewing and tasting room in downtown woonsocket rhode island specializing in small batch ales and lagers use the coupon code sports to get 10 percent off your online order at lopsbrewing.com and follow them at lops brewing on social media for new beers and events chirp number one should the nhl go to the three-point system they're using in the pwhl which is three points for a win two points for an ot win and one point for an ot loss i think they should i mean it mm-hmm. would screw up all the pre past records which is probably right. why they're not doing it but mm-hmm. i think it would it would 
it would force teams to not play for overtime and play for ties. You know, if you, you know, if you're playing for an extra point there, it could be very important come playoff time. You're going to have teams trying to win in regulation uh, at the end of games. You're going to have teams in overtime trying to win instead of holding and holding and holding and holding and, and, and trying to, uh, you know, delay it and, and not have as much action as you would otherwise, I think. Because you, you know, you gain the extra point if you're if you're attacking and trying to win games. So, I, I really do think that it's something that they should look to change. I think it just puts more value on wins, which I think you should have. I yeah. mean, if, a, if a team has twelve overtime losses, right, they shouldn't be able to surpass a team that has more wins than they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing to do, if you don't want to do that, is just to take away the the extra point when you get into overtime. Like, don't give the extra point till you get to the shootout. Like, give it, make it right through to right through the overtime, and see if you can just keep. You know, well, don't see, give I, people a point. Yeah, if if you're gonna if you're gonna take away the point in OT, you got to just take it away because you can't say, oh yeah, you can have it once we get to the shootout because then teams will just sit behind their own net or yeah, regroup the whole time. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and and not right. play. So you yeah, have so to. I guess the extra point is the way to go. You have yeah, to incentivize them to actually try to play and win. Um, but I don't have a problem if you want to keep it at two points and then once if you get to OT and you lose, that's it. You lost. Tough that's shit. You lost. See you yeah. later. You, you know, so if you want to yeah, do that too, that, I'm fine still with have that. The shootout still have everything. But yeah, you lost. but if you lose, yeah. you lose. Tough shit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. so I'm like fine with that too. too. But um, yeah. I, I like the three point system. You know, you want to, I think, reward teams that get to overtime and and so forth. And you don't want to shoot out. You know, deciding whether a team does or doesn't make the playoffs. You know, if they don't get points. You know, if they did the thing where they didn't award the points, and then you take it to a shootout, and those teams right. continually lose. You know, and then you don't make it to the playoffs because you lost in the shootout, you know, six times or something. So uh, I wouldn't help the Bruins. No, (laughs) because they are great in the OT and they are great. No, they're even better in the shootout. But they They have. I mean, they are great in that whole thing. No, that's so that wouldn't help a team like the Bruins at all. No, like they I think they survive. They're one of the teams that survives by by the whole shootout Mm -hmm. OT system, to be honest. Yeah. uh, So we might be. uh you know, shooting our face to spite our hands or whatever it is. <laughs> Biting your hand to spite your nose. Or, yeah, one of those. Uh, Biting and so spiting. Anyway. Yes, spiting and hitting and biting. Uh, and, uh, chirp number two, Jim Montgomery says this, last year I could have fallen asleep behind the bench and been nominated for the All-Star game, but this year we'd had to grind. We're a lot simpler team this year. He credits his staff for their video work and the way they've all adapted. Does the coaching staff deserve more credit uh, for this the success they have this year, which is fairly comparable to last year after losing two extremely key players? I think they do deserve more credit. Absolutely. I think they've adapted the way that they play a little bit. I think they're, uh, you know, they're trying to play a little bit of a simpler game. It's shown, especially after Christmas, um, you know, right. the, they really kind of, the Martians and the Pasternaks of the world, they still will, you know, make the turnovers that madden you and, and drive you crazy. But it's, they're far less often. It's it's much more get the puck down low and focus on the four check and try to create turnovers and offense that way. They're not, 
being as loose with the puck uh, in their own zone and in the neutral zone to lead to odd man rushes the other way. And I think that's certainly helped them. They've turned their defense into offense. I think after since Christmas, they're the highest scoring team in the league. I'm, I'm almost positive of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they really have kind of turned it on um, and found their game here lately. And I think it, it does, you know, the coaches do deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, they do. And I, I don't think they get enough um, probably because it was a, I mean, this has been a really good season for a team that some people thought, you know, would kind of be middle of the pack or maybe even struggle to get into the playoffs yeah. if certain things didn't go well. So for them to be in the top of the Eastern conference and, and riding high right now is really a credit to like, like Monty says, the, the, the coaching staff and the video work and, and being able to simplify and change their game. Some, whereas last year they were offensive juggernaut blowing teams out a lot. And this, this last stretch here, they've been much better offensively, which I don't know where it came from. But uh, they were they were being a little bit one dimensional one dimensional for a while this season. They've been better lately, but they've really changed kind of the way they play. Um, and they are still an excellent team, I and mean, they're still doing really really well. So they do deserve a lot of credit. Um, all right, chirp number three, yay or nay? And I'm going to give you this one, and then a bonus. Okay, yay Love or bonuses. nay on Anaheim Ducks. Uh, player Trevor Zegras. Uh, I would say nay. Nay on Zegras. I would say okay. nay because I think he's, um, I'm obviously he's picked higher and he's done more at the professional level than Patra has, but he's a similar player, I think, to Patra. And okay. I don't, I'm not sure what you would have to give up to get him. It would be a lot. I think it would be yeah, so it would be. I'm not going to give up, you know, Patra and Lowry and a first to, to get this guy when uh-huh. I think you may have a guy, he may not ever get to the level of Zeg of Zegris, but a similar yeah. style guy in Patra, I think. Um, and he, Patra may play a better 200 foot game already than Zegris. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's something that the Bruins value. So, I would say um, I'm out on Zegris because I don't think he's the type of guy that you are looking for in a center uh, uh-huh. at this time. Well, I'll tell you this: he's he's six foot one eighty five. So you're so you're right. He's right around maybe a little, uh, just a little bit bigger than Patra. He was a ninth, ninth overall pick in two thousand nineteen. He is in the last three seasons, the last two and a half seasons, a combined minus fifty. So there's there's one mm-hmm. strike against, as you said. And then he has four goals and three assists in twenty games. He's been dinged up here and there. It hasn't been a great season for him. Uh, sort of been uneven. He has scored 23 goals in each of the last two seasons and has had 60-plus points in those two seasons. He's very skilled and gifted. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think you're right. I think the return right now, this is a sell-low kind of proposition for the Ducks. Like His numbers don't equal his value right now. Mm -hmm. So teams are probably going to want to get a little bit better return or a little less return, and they're going to want to get a really high return. And I just don't think it's going to match up unless some team really takes a leap of faith 
with him. And he's like not a good, yeah, face. he's not a great yeah. face-off guy either. So that's, no, that's another right. thing, you know, that the Bruins kind of value that, that uh, you know, Patra obviously was good early in the year and and has tailed off, and now they have him playing some wing a little right. bit. Uh, so, right. you know, it, there's there's just some factors there that, that I don't mm-hmm. think he's the type of guy that they would want in a center. Uh, I think... You know, obviously Calgary's Elias Lindholm would be a better fit for the Bruins because he plays a 200-foot game and he produces points. Uh, so, you know, I feel like that would be, if you're going to give up a bunch of assets to get a guy, I would rather have them do it with him um, mm-hmm. or just sign him in free agency. He's a free agent, right, after this year, uh, right. Lindholm? Yeah, I mean, that's so, the other thing. People are just waiting. For, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. why would you give up a ton now? Um mm-hmm. You know, if he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, anyway. So, right. uh, to I mean, me, so you you wouldn't do like, well, let's just play the game. You wouldn't do like Patra Bussy something for him for Zegras, right? No, no, I wouldn't. Okay, right? I wouldn't. I I just right. I I just don't think there's enough there. I mean, he he is offensively gifted, that's for sure, um, but right. I just don't know if. He's, you know, a playoff type of guy, honestly. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't fit the model of of the Bruins uh, just because of the way he plays. I mean, I I almost envision him as as Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, like not the grit and not the other intangibles, the edge and the and that type of thing. Uh, he not not sort of the personality that that. Bertuzzi brings to the thing, but they're kind of similar in that they're not great defensively. They'll probably put up the same type of points. Uh, they'll do the same sort of, you know, talented things on the ice. They'll, they'll have a couple highlights that are really cool, but at the end of the day, I mean, how much do they really fulfill all that? They check all the boxes for you. Um, I think that that's probably the same kind of boat and also a guy that's been, injured. Yeah. Um, you know, and that type of thing, just like Bertuzzi. So I think that's, that's another maybe comparable again, minus the, minus the fact that Bertuzzi will get in your face and be a little edgy and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, Zegris is really talented and I, and I really like him and I, I yeah. liked him when he came right into the league and now it seems like his stock is really falling and I wonder how much he'll rebound and he could go to a team like Toronto or somewhere and just friggin' blossom off. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, the the offensive talent is there, one hundred percent, and he's you know in his first couple of years putting up sixty point seasons is yeah. nothing to sneeze at. But no. Um. So I I love the offensive talent. It's just can he round out the rest of his game? And maybe he would do that here. You know, under you know, in this culture, rather than in a culture like Anaheim, where you know they're not really used to winning and and that that kind of thing. You know, maybe the the leaders here hold him accountable um, more defensively and and whatnot, and he he performs better. Um, but I, I just I don't I don't think he's a great fit for the team. Um, but you know, I I really do love his game and his and his offensive talent and skill. Yeah. All right, bonus, yay or nay. How about this Russian guy, Maxim Siplikov? 
mm. in the KHL. Now, I so the are in on it. Uh, that I would be for because I, I don't yeah. think it's really just signing him to a contract, right? It's not, you know, you right. don't have to trade just anything, you know. Yeah. And the Bruins yeah. need, you know, the more good players you can get, the better. So if you're not right. sending anybody out to get them, I'm all for bringing in somebody with talent. Uh, yeah. So, so. F- for me, that's an easy one that I'm I'm in. Bring in bring in all the guys that can that can play and can score, um, and it, especially if you don't have to give up anything in return. Yeah, I mean this guy is 29 goals this year in a breakout year at 25 years old. He's a pure scorer. He only has 12 assists, but he's a pure kind of wing scorer. Um, he had a four goal night the other night. He's really blossomed this year, and some teams are in the market for him. It seems as though he wants to come over. Um, so if he can, you know, I don't know what kind of contract it would be. I don't know if for the Bruins or any team for that matter with limited cap space, probably a bonus structure of that type of thing. Who knows? That would be the smart way to do it. Uh, incentive based. But, you know, like you said, if he's a guy who can come over, I don't know what he can do defensively. I don't know 200 foot game and all that stuff. The Bruins like and value. I don't know uh, about that. And again, this is a one year kind of thing for him where he's really busted out at 25 years old this year, mm-hmm. how that translates into the NHL. No idea. Mm-hmm. So if he comes over and he's Jakob Lauko, or if he comes over and he's he's a guy who can who can actually play, is he Marius Tchaikovsky or is he uh, you know Grigory Pantaleev? I have no idea. I have no idea. So you know, I give it a shot if you think it doesn't hamstring you. If you if you're not going to put a ton of resources into it, and you can just take a flyer and see if he can either help you this year or help you next year, you know, maybe, you know, if he can adapt to the NHL game. So I'm with you on that one. It's less risk than Zegras or someone like that. Uh, Chirp four is Linus. Linus Almark got hurt recently. He's back now, but has Jeremy Swayman proven he can handle the workload of a number one goalie? And are you okay with that? Giving him the deal he's going to deserve and moving on with him. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. And yes, and yes, and yes. I think he's still young. He's, uh, I saw somebody tweet out the other day, um, Jeremy Swayman's first, whatever, 100 games or 75 games, and Martin Brodeur's first 100 games. Did you see this? And Mark Andre no. Fleury's first 100 games? No. Swayman, so Swayman, Swayman is extremely favorable. Really? Uh, compared to two of the all time greats. Uh, yeah. Wow. In their first hundred wow. games. Now, granted, you know defensive structure and you know the way the league is now versus the sure. way it was then. Goalie right. pads, right. that whole thing is different. Yeah. Um, but he's held up no fairly well. No, and no, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, right. um, so. He, I I think he can do it. I mean, right. they played him five in a row, I believe, when yeah. Allmark went out, and he acquitted himself pretty well. Um, you know, whether that can last over a whole season, the only way that you will know that is if he does it. So, um, you know, and I don't have any problem with Brandon Bussey being a backup that plays, you know, 25 games, uh, and, and Swayman gets the rest. So I, I think, you know, after this year, I think you're looking to move on from Allmark to save a little bit of money there. You're paying Swayman his, you know, six times six or whatever it is and bringing Bussy in on a short, you know, money deal and saving some cap room and, and, you know, having Swayman be a guy. 
I mean, there's no reason right. that he couldn't do it when, you know, Connor Hollowbuck's doing it and there's other guys around the league that, that can do it. So I feel like he's, uh, he's definitely, um, kind of shown that, uh, it might be his time now. I think you can, you can, you can probably keep the two of them through next season. Sure. You could. Yeah, you can. But is that a smart thing to do? Because you're going to end up losing all Mark in free agency for nothing. It isn't. It isn't a smart thing. It's not a smart decision in the off season. Yeah. I mean, you deal them in the off season. Yes. I mean, you do. There's any any chance. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get a return for the guy, I mean, there's so many teams around the league that need goaltending. Oh my God, like, yeah. why? I I don't understand why you wouldn't entertain it. I mean, I right. I understand that you're in love with this tandem and they hug each other and everybody loves each other and that's great and they both play really well and they're both together. One of the huge reasons that this team is where they are right now. I understand all right. that, but you if if you have faith in Jeremy Swayman. Then you can you you think that he should be able to do this over a larger sample sample size, and right. and Brandon Bussey or Mike B. DiPietro, both of those guys are having pretty good years down in the AHL. So one of those guys playing twenty something games in this system, I think, would be fine. You yeah. might not get the level that you're getting with the two guys you have now but a really, really good Jeremy Swayman. And one of those guys is a backup. And then you save yourself a couple million bucks and are able to go out and get, you know, another top nine forward that can score or, you know, a slightly better defenseman on the back end because you can pay him three or four million instead of two million. You know, that's a win in my opinion. So right. I, I feel mm-hmm. like you have to consider dealing all mark after the after the season's over to get some kind of return for him. It it would be dumb not to. It would be malpractice not to. And I think that if he does well in the playoffs, like if they rotate the goalies he does well, that's the best case scenario. If he doesn't do well, if he if he has a third year in a row where he kind of, you know, has a clunker, that's going to make it that's the, the, then you really have to question the value of him more. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I'm concerned about is that he's got to he's got to play well um, this off this postseason, I'll mark, because then you can sell fairly high on him and say, OK, this guy's legitimate. Number one in, in a team like who I don't name one Edmonton, Colorado, whoever, like teams that really have a good team, but goaltending might be holding them back or some team that falls in their face because of their goaltending. New Jersey Devils this year. Devils, Devils, perfect example. Carolina has a bunch of injuries in goal. I mean, there's teams out there that would be looking for goalies. Uh, So uh, especially if he backs up, you know, a Vezina season with another really good season this year. And then, like you said, performs in the playoffs, you know, and the Bruins win a round or two, you know, I feel like that's the time, you know, sell high. Um, So yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like that's a no brainer. You know, and so why opinion. do I feel like they're going to keep them? Because because they will. Because they will keep them. Because that's because like that's because what they do. They like to hug each other. That's like, what they do. Mean? Like 
I just feel like it's the safe thing to do, and and we'll lose him after next season. But we've got Bussy, and you know it's it, it's okay. Like you, we're just going to plug Bussy in, so we're not really losing much. Yeah, you're losing a a quality number one goaltender for yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's I mean that's the thing. Yeah, sure, you keep him after next year. Uh, his money comes off the books. You know, you have the money to spend now, and you mm-hmm. plug Bussy in. That's great. Uh, but you lose the chance to add more value to yes. your team, especially, yes. especially when you don't have any goddamn draft picks because you already gave them all away. Right. So to to be able to add maybe a first round pick, I don't know right. if they can get a first round for him or a second right. or a couple right. of seconds, whatever it is. Uh, right. Any kind of thing that you can add to that cupboard that's barren right now, you need uh-huh. to consider that. So yes, you do. So they really—it's like a no-brainer, in my opinion, that you that you entertain it. Now, if you can just—if like a fifth is the best you can do—I don't think you do it. That's there's no value there. But if you can get, you know, a third and a second, or a couple of seconds, or a second yeah. and a player, you right. gotta, you gotta, you gotta, do you it. gotta do it. You gotta do it. If you can get a, like a, a quality defenseman in a second or sure, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Just name something. I don't know. Second and a third or whatever. Yeah. Then I say two seconds. Well, whatever. I, I then I yes. Then I do it because you can a replenish your system, your drafting, mm-hmm. or you can get a guy that you can use going forward. So you know that's a. Uh, that's that's a big deal. So it looks like right here on YouTube, our uh, you know high end producer. Mm-hmm. Put this into perspective. I flubbed this. I was just trying to share the screen earlier to make it easy, but it didn't work right. So I just yeah, I pulled a clip busy. of this. But yeah. uh, I saw this this morning when I scrolled through Twitter, and it made me chuckle because the New Jersey Devils are an absolute dumpster fire in the standings right now. But because Vitek Vanacek plays more than other goaltenders in the league. This yo-yo, Vinny Parise, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, you're a yo-yo, yeah. Yeah. is bragging that Vanacek has more wins than Jeremy Swayman, Sorokin, Olmark, Ottinger, and Vasilevsky. Right. Now, well, I was going to scroll through more. the comments so you could no. giggle at some of them, but you won't be able to see it. Yeah, I mean, you could, he plays more, so yeah. But, but uh, Vasilevsky yeah, was hurt for a large yeah. portion of the year, too. Swayman and Olmark essentially play half. half Vitek Vanacek has a 3-2-8 goals against average and an yeah. 8-83 save percentage. Yeah, wow. So you can take wow. that and shove it up your asshole. Right. How about right. that? Right. <laughs> I mean, I picked the Devils to win the Cup, and Vitek Vanacek is the reason I will lose it. <laughs> Like he's the reason like that's not, that's, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, they need a goaltender big time. Yeah. Now I don't know if the Bruins would trade Elmark to, you know, an Eastern conference contender to make them better. Yeah. And their other goalie, uh, Nigel Dawes, I believe Nico Dawes is seven, (laughs) seven and three with a three nineteen goals against and a nine Oh three save percentage in seven games. So yeah. Vanacek's played 27 games. That's why he has 16 wins. He's 16, yeah. 7, and 2. So, yeah. I mean, the get out of here. Falling apart with injuries. and Get out of here with the with the 88 things. save percentage. Get out of here yeah. with that. Bruins are crying out loud. A couple of times they played them. So, uh, oh, well. Five, chirp 5, who should be the odd man out in the decor if everyone is healthy? Who's your, who's your six? Uh, give me your pairs. Uh, it is... Uh, Let's see. Uh, Lowry, McAvoy, uh-huh. uh, Lindholm, Carlo, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Wotherspoon, Shattenkirk. I, you know what? I'm with you 100%. That group right there in Wotherspoon is kind of the, the surprise wild card there. Cause I never thought we'd get anything out of them, but yes, I'm with you on that. I think over four board Grizzlick. Uh, Those are the two I, over Forbort and Grizzly. Yeah, I I think that I think you're right. I I would go with that group you just said right there. I would. They won't. They won't. But I would. I mean, I tonight would. for the in the Canes game, uh, Watherspoon out, Shot and Kirk in, Shot and Kirk in, and Forbort stays in. Forbort's been. Oh my God! How uh, about and I tweeted this out. I he his first shift was a. Complete handcuffing pass up the right side to someone. Maybe it was Pasternak or someone. Just handcuffed him. Puck exploded. It was awful. And then he gets the puck toward the left of the goaltender and literally shoots it to the goaltender. Like almost like shoots it in. Like that's his first shift. And I put out there like those two things. I was like, go Bruins. Like, this is <laughs> I like, mean, I look. Mean, my God. I mean, I understand the guy's rusty. All right, I do. Oh my God. I understand that he's rusty, but he has not been good. He hasn't been. No, he and, hasn't been. And no. we talked about it before, and I think Wallace gives you every bit of what Forbrook gives you, with an, and, he, and he seems to be even maybe a little more nasty in front of his own net, Wallace uh-huh. than Forbrook. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, maybe he's not the penalty killer because he doesn't have the same experience that Forbert does there. Um, but you have a really good penalty kill anyway. And I don't think, you know, Derek Forbort is changing your penalty kill from a, you know, from a middle 10 to a top 10. Like, it's not that no. big of a difference to me. No. And then Grizzlick has been, all year has been below average, I would say. Mm. Uh, yes. Lately, he's been better. Lately. The last, you know, couple, two, three games. Um, but prior to that, he's, I mean, he just hasn't been, I mean, I know he's coming off injury and so forth, but, you know, it's the same stuff over and over again. You know, he doesn't want to get hit, so he's, you know, pushing the puck through and jumping out of the way, or he's making a pass where he's trying to get rid of it before someone's really bearing down on him. And it only, that only gets, those things only are heightened during the playoffs. So it's it's more magnified than when he's trying to get out of the way of getting hit or getting run. And it's, you know, in the playoffs, every single time you go back to retrieve a puck, you get hit. And, you know, after a while, that wears you down. And so Uh he'll end up with a little ding, an injury or whatever, and he'll be less effective. So Uh to me, you go with Shattenkirk. He has experience. He knows how to get pucks through. He's not the fastest guy, certainly, but he has poise with the puck that I think they can use back there that a lot of other guys don't seem to have. Like he just, he doesn't get rattled because he's been around so much. Um, And he's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a right shot defenseman, which they don't have a lot of. Now, if you're going to tell me they're going to pick someone else, up at the deadline that's better than Chattenkirk to play, you know, third pair right side. Great. I'm in. But Great. until that point, I'm riding with Wallerspoon and Chattenkirk on my third yeah, pair. You know, honestly, I don't know if you can get someone better than Chattenkirk there. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a former top 20 defenseman in the league and he's a third pair. So he's going to play 12 minutes or whatever. Yep. And he's been totally fine. 
sure. in my opinion, this season. In fact, at times, better than I thought. So who are you going to get that's going to be better than Shattenkirk, who's a veteran, who's been there before, who's played in big games, who's played deep in playoffs? I, I say that that he is fine. It's Watherspoon that, yeah, I mean, he could fall off the map anytime. Sure he could. Yeah, so maybe someone there. The problem is with Grizzly and Forward is the value that they bring is it that much higher than the weaknesses that they bring to make it worth playing them, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So if it's like as Forward's penalty kill acumen that much greater than the fact he can't skate very well he's a he's just a mess with the puck like oh, and those types of things like is it that is it that valuable that you live with the other stuff same with Grizzly. for years we've been saying well Grizzly has a capability of being pretty good offensively but he never puts any any points up <laughs> like he yeah never, so here he so what's any production up. so here's here's the numbers I'll, I'll give them to you just so everybody knows what we're talking about grizzlick's played 32 games he has two goals five assists seven points plus yeah. six uh he has um 37 shots on goal 21 hits 32 blocks um four boards played in 22 games four assists he's plus 10 uh 30 hits in uh in 22 games i said uh Wallerspoon, 18 games three assists uh three points um plus three he has 29 hits and um wow. yeah wow. so uh basically those guys are identical and uh, and Wallerspoon has played in four less games than four board four boards a plus 10 Wallerspoon's a plus three um, how many blocks does forward have forward has 30 blocks in 22 games, Wallerspoon has 29 blocks in 18 games, so one less block in four less games. Right. So he's blocking shots. Um, I didn't realize Grizzlick would block so many shots. Um, well, Grizzlick, no, Grizzlick has uh, 32 blocks, but in 32 yeah. games, so that's one oh, a game. Okay. Block a game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Schottenkirk, five goals, eight assists, 13 points, minus five. Uh, and he has uh, 48 blocks in 39 games. Interesting that he's a minus five and the other like forwards a plus 10. That's well, interesting. I mean, he's played with uh, a bunch of guys who, you know, he was playing with yeah. Lowry at times when Lowry yeah. was bad earlier in yeah. the season. Yeah. Like, you know, he right. gets, he gets, I mean, and like I said, he hasn't been great, um, right. but you know, I, I feel like he has experience and he puts the puck in the net occasionally. He has 13 points. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that Shattenkirk is probably as good as you're going to get, unless you can get a nasty guy that that's really like a defensive, defensively yeah. stout guy there. Mm-hmm. I think that Shattenkirk is the type of guy that you got to go with there. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's just, you know, the Watherspoon thing right now, you're, you're strike while the iron's hot. Like you ride it, you ride it right now. Always playing pretty well. And you just keep it right there. Like, and Grizzlick is going to have another, you know, it's going to be the same song and dance with Grizzlick. And I like Grizzlick a lot. Like yeah. I've always liked the guy. Mm-hmm. And he, and he typically has a high plus minus and all that like Jesus, but you know, in the playoffs, he doesn't and he gets beat up and they target him and they, you know, it becomes like, then he's, then he's kind of passing the puck too quickly and, and moving it like hot potato. And, and then it becomes, he starts to go down the spiral a bit and then you end up, you know, subbing him out anyway. 
And last year was Clifton, right? That went in for that one game. He was a friggin' disaster. Yeah. Like, and then you start to re- just revolving door of third pair defensemen, which you really don't want to do. I mean, it's just, it, it becomes a weakness that shouldn't be when they're playing 12 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, here's, here's Grizzlick's uh, postseasons 2017 minus two, 2018 minus three, 2019 minus five, 2020 minus two, 2021 minus six, 2022 minus one. Yeah. So minus, 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 minus. Yeah. When he's so, a career plus guy, high plus guy. Yeah. So he's so six he, years. He's been minus every single year. Yeah. Um, and in, you know, contrast, uh, here we go from, for regular season, 2017 plus 21, 18 plus nine, 19 plus 15, 20 plus 11, 21 plus 22, 22 plus 46. Yeah. 2023 plus six. So in, yeah. in 2022, he was plus 46 and then he got into the playoffs and he was minus one with no mm. points in four games. Yeah. So your third pair guy or whatever, can't be that guy. Can't be giving up goals. Like can't be, can't be minus. No, nope. can't be, be, be even, be just exists for your 12 minutes. Um, so that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on your pairs. All right, uh, chirp number six, Patrice Bergeron. You're talking on uh, shit and giggles or whatever it is. <laughs> Spitting chicklets, yeah. That, uh, that Bergeron was going to come back and that he's working out and that he's really working out higher end than just some guy working out for the alumni game and everything. Well, Bergeron comes back and says, absolutely not, capital N-O-T, he's not coming back. And I am on, And I am in the camp that says, do not come back. I am with you. I am. I am in that I camp I too. I just don't think you should come back. No, I, I think it's. I think it's to the point where, uh, you know, obviously, great player, and you love the guy, and everybody loves him. Saint Patrice, sure. the whole ball yeah. of wax. But at this point, like he hasn't played in in you know half a season or a full season. Now you're expecting him to come back in February and ramp up for the playoffs, and you know, at his age and, and now just let the guy enjoy his retirement. He gave everything that he possibly had to the Bruins, punctured lungs, you know, broken noses uh, after broken nose, after broken nose. Yeah. I mean, he's done all he could possibly do for this organization. Let the guy enjoy some time with his family and skate in an occasional alumni game and, and uh, you know, leave him be. Yeah. I I'm with you. I just, I just think that, like you said, too much time off. Last year he wasn't great in the playoffs, got injured again. There's always that risk of getting injured like one last time. Then you're really kicking yourself like mm-hmm. a, a bad injury. Now you can't walk right, you know, playing with your kids. Like I don't I don't know. I just don't think I yeah, I'd love to see him play again, but I just don't think I just don't think it's gonna be the same. If he came back, I just, I just don't. And I just think right now I'm okay with him being done. I can, I can revel in his memory Mm -hmm. and I can think of him fondly and that's it. I just, I just don't want to risk being totally bullshit at him when he fucks it up in the postseason. Yeah. Like I don't want to, I don't want a stain of any type. We already had a little stain last year that we're all kind of, I feel like we're all kind of letting go, Mm -hmm. letting it go because he was hurt and he tried and we get it. We gave him a mulligan there, mm-hmm. even though we probably should be more pissed about it that he didn't play well at all. But mm-hmm. okay, we don't though, because he's him. He's him. He's he. The, yeah. He is who he is. Yeah. But I don't want to do that again. So no. I'm done. I'm yeah. done with him playing. That's it. 
Uh, all right. And also done with Joe Thornton playing chart number seven. Yep. Joe Thornton will have his number 19 retired by San Jose next season. Where does he rank in this era's players? I'm telling you, it should be higher than it is. Oh, yeah. Just because he was so friggin' sensational as a player. Yeah. When you see the stats here on YouTube, like 548 power play points, like for God's sakes. Plus 182. O- over 1,100 assists. Yeah. Over yeah. 1,700 games played. I mean, yeah. that's a I mean, one hell of a career. I mean, the only t- the only stain, the only tarnish is uh, is no cup. So, I mean, is it fair? It's not is fair. It fair? No. I mean, really. I mean, if that's, that's, if that's anybody else who, let's say he won a cup, then he's up there, you know, in like people are talking about him in the discussion for like, I don't know, top 20 player ever or something. Probably. Like I mean, they, they tell you what, though, they do hold that stuff against you because when they you do. talk about the greatest uh, quarterbacks of all time, Dan Marino's name, you know, it's right. it's yeah. up there, but it's not where it should be probably right. because he didn't win. You know, right. it's always he Montana. Win. They go Montana first and then they go Elway and then they're like, oh, Marino, you know, but Marino didn't win one. So those other guys are ahead of them, whether, you know, you think they should be or not. That's the way people look at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hear you. He's, you know, like you said, 1700 games, 1539 points, 1539 points, which is just like, I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. You know, what's unbelievable. You know, what really is unbelievable is the impre- incredibly poor return that the Bruins got in that trade. Oh, my God. <laughs> that oh my is God. what is Ron unbelievable. Primo and, and somebody else. Who was it? Like it was, Don you know, Primo. I mean, who who was, even yeah, knows? It was the Primo that sits at the kids' table yeah. Thanksgiving. Was right. That the wrong the wrong Primo. Yeah. Yep. The wrong yeah, Primo. The wrong Primo. I mean, and then look at the look at the playoffs. Like, People tell about his his playoff thing, and he had some playoffs that were stinkers for sure. But Jesus, he still had you know with San Jose, he still had ninety, he still had one hundred fifteen points in one hundred forty four playoff games. Like, I mean, he's, he still had some. He had one in in twenty fifteen sixteen where he had twenty one points in twenty four playoff games. Like, I mean, you can't. There were some stinkers. Yeah, but I mean, you, know, he, he you can't complete. No, you can't down. ask really much more than that from your from your superstar guys is if they're putting up close to a point a game in the playoffs, cause they're facing every team's best defenseman. They're they're The other team's goal is to shut down Thornton. Uh, so, you know, he's going to see everybody's best. And if you're a superstar and you're putting up close to a point a game in the playoffs, you, you really can't ask for much more than that. You know, most people know in the playoff games, in the playoffs, it's the depth that makes a difference. It's the third and fourth sure. lines versus, versus oh, each well, other that, mm-hmm. that, Decide series, you know, the Bruins third line and, and, you know, 10, 11 was instrumental. Yeah. I mean, that was instrumental in them winning series. So that's what it comes down to. It's, it's the superstars usually will cancel each other out and it's how the, how the depth pieces play. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I, and I think that that's, you know, you know, Joe does get, you know, a lot of grief for that. And yeah, and there were some stinkers in there. And there were some times. Yeah. I, I think in Boston, though, one of the problems that people have with him is that he was so big that there was this, you know, he's not physical enough right. thing. Sure. Was one. Yeah. And then Pat Burns would be on his ass. Like he was a young guy at 18, whatever, mm-hmm. as a top overall pick. He was going to be the franchise guy. They were bad. 
Like they were bad. They had the number one and eight pick. Yeah. Like they were bad. They were bad. So I think if, if he came in and had someone like, like the other time they were bad, it was in 06 when they had Bergeron, Shara, Savard, but Joe didn't have really anybody else no. besides Samsonoff. Yeah. Like they had nobody else. No. So if he had a support system like a Chara, so if it was like 06 and he was entering with Chara or even Bergeron, mm-hmm. it would have been a much, I think it would have really benefited him. He was kind of on an island as the face of the franchise at 18, super talented, mm-hmm. wasn't physical enough. They were bad. And I think that that was part of the issue with him in Boston, because you're right. The return was so friggin' bad. Yeah. And he was so friggin' good. It's crazy. And th- yeah. I mean, he wins an MVP the year after they get rid of him. So that was cool. Right. And then- <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right. He was like sensational. Yeah, he was. Like, it was like an all time season. Yeah. Like he was just, and it was so good with Marlowe and him. Like they were so good. Yeah. They and, were. And he was, and he was so good and, and, you know, he deserves it. And it's too bad that I would love for him to get some sort of recognition in Boston because mm-hmm. he was just such a great player. He's one of the greatest players ever to play for the Bruins. Sure. I mean, you can say that. You yeah. can say that. Yeah, without a doubt. So uh, it's too bad. Big Big Joe gets his day uh, in San Jose next year at some time. His number 19 goes to the rafters. So good for him. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, Boston's hometown sportsbook is right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. With DraftKings, to celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets. When you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, using the code ITR, you can now bet local on money line spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up with the code ITR to get up to $200 in bonus bets to use now that mobile sports betting is live in Massachusetts. That's code ITR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you're a loved one experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org to speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 21 plus, physically present mass, eligibility restrictions apply, subject to regulatory licensing requirements, eligibility and deposit restrictions apply opt-in required bonus issues are free bets terms at draftkings.com slash ma all right beauty for this week and i feel like we have to do this guy every other week just to make up for the total ass reaming we gave him last year on the whipping boys segment and uh this this week again uh the beauty is trent frederick this will teach those filthy bastards who's lovable (laughs) And and I'm one of the filthy bastards because I I thought Trent couldn't play in the league last year. And here he is playing in the league and uh, being a real intricate, integral part of what's going on in Boston. 13 goals, 12 assists, 25 points in 46 games, plus 14. And has showed uh, tremendous touch. And he's uh, on track to score 20, 20 goals at least. And he's just been terrific. He has been. Uh, and, yeah. and pretty much anybody that you put on his line, like breaks out of their slump. I, I, yes. I'm not sure yeah. what it is about him, uh, and the way he plays, but whatever it is, uh, it rubs off on the guys around him. He's making his line mates better. How about the feed to Jacob Lauko for oh, the wow. goal the other night? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. just a, a great little short, like two foot pass, mm-hmm. uh, and, Lo- yeah. and Lauko gets to put it into an open net. So he's really playing Really, really well. He's got a great shot. He's a big kid. 
Uh, he's learning how to use his body uh, to protect pucks and, and forecheck. And, um, you know, he's, he's really a guy that Bruins fans uh, are falling in love with if, if they haven't already. And, and he's probably, uh, if he's not going to win it, he's certainly one of the front runners for the some player award. Uh, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd, I think he'd be my pick. I think he'll be the fans' pick. He's a fan favorite anyway, sure. even when he wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a Bruin type, I guess, type of player, or at least Bruins fans have wanted him to be that type of player. Yeah. But you're right, and you've been a fan of the two foot pass. You're, you're an advocate. I love it. Passes. I mean, you, you are, and uh, it's true. Like you make those little tiny little passes to set up space, time and space. Yep. And he made a great pass to Loco for sure. So Freddie's been terrific, and um, it's a great deal for them now. Jesus, I mean, a two-year deal. Like we we kind of scratched our head last year. Like, why would you give him two years? Like, you know. But they did give him two years, and it's it's a great deal, and it's a really affordable deal now for what he's bringing to the table. Absolutely. Um, all right, so Bender time. Yeah, the Benders. <laughs> uh, we got a we got a couple. Uh, it's been some stuff in the news. I don't know if you okay. noticed. Uh, but first, we're going to go uh, with uh, Philadelphia Flyers fans. Ah, the bender. Um, so, Cutter Gauthier decides that he doesn't want to play for the Philadelphia Flyers. And their fan base just absolutely loses their shit. Now, this is the same fan base that when Eric Lindros did the same exact thing to the <laughs> Quebec Nordiques. Right. Um, yeah, they were perfectly fine with getting Lindros on their team at that point. But when sure. somebody does it to them, oh, uh, they're vengeful. They don't like yeah. it. They don't like yeah. it at all. So they're, they're a bunch of them got in their cars and they drove from Philadelphia or, yeah. you know, from the swamps of New Jersey or from the gutters <laughs> of, you know, wherever they come out of yeah. to drive to Boston to uh, heckle Cutter Gauthier when he gets back in college from the, from the world juniors uh, after he was traded to Anaheim and uh, he, he, they, they, it's just like grown men driving to heckle a 19 year old kid. Cause he doesn't want to yeah. play for their team in their city. Just yeah. fucking grow up for crying out loud. Grow up. I mean, it's not impressive that the players have not wanted. I mean, the Mannings. Yeah. I mean, Eli Manning did this. Sure. I mean, John Elway. John Well, Yeah. Like, I mean, it's not impressive that people are avoiding teams. There's talk that Caleb Williams might try to avoid the Bears and stuff. Like, it happens. Like, it just happens. So, I, you know, it, it's just one of those things. He decided for whatever reason he didn't want to go play for Philadelphia. I don't know what it is. It's been kind of hush-hush. There's been rumors about what it might be. And, then of course, it always turns into someone's banging someone's girlfriend and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> But I, I don't think it's any of that. I just think that he said, you know what? I don't want to go. I don't want to go play for the Flyers. I don't. So it just decided because the Flyers haven't been good for a while. No, they haven't. You know, number one. So yeah, they're they're playing well. They're playing well. They're playing well now. Um, yeah, playing well now. They're playing fine. But now. I sure. I think it might have a lot to do with who the head coach of that team is. Oh yeah. I think it has yeah, a lot to do with that guy. On his shit. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, some some guys just don't like the style of a guy like Tortorella. And no, I, I mean, I don't have any problem with someone being like, well, I like it. I yeah. Mean, I'd love to play for Tortorella. Sure. You me know, too. I would. Uh, I you know, he's a fiery guy. He's going to get the yeah. most out of you. I, I think, and he certainly fits how, uh, you know, Philadelphians. Is that, is that what that is? Yeah, the Philadelphiaites. Philadelphians. That's certainly how they want their coach. Uh, and, sure. the, you know, to represent the city. 
but he's, you know, not everybody likes that style. So if he's like, you know, that's not a fit for me, you know, who's to say that that's a bad decision, really? I mean, they just, they feel scorned. They feel, they feel let down, but, and, and fine. You want to yell into the fucking Twitter verse, you know, fuck him or whatever, do it. But to drive like, you know, a few hours to heckle him at a hockey game. I mean, I be, be, it's, it's a co- at a college game, not even a pro game. A game. Right. I mean, that fucking grow up, really, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just the cost alone to go to go to go yell yell different words, right? Different dirty words. Yeah, cut a goatee. You are good enough yeah. for my city. Oh, great. Super. Great. Uh, uh, you know Super. what else isn't good enough is the yeah. <laughs> the NHL uh, and Canadian hockey's handling of the 2018 um, alleged sexual assault and uh, kind of the cover-up that happened. So uh, the NHL will be the other bender. Have a bender. Have a bender. Mm-hmm. Have a bender. Have a bender. <laughs> Yeah, they deserved all that. Yeah, there you go. There's five of them. There's five yeah. of them. Uh, five so, of them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a real tough look for Canadian hockey and the NHL to let uh, these guys go on playing um, through and covering up what you know was an alleged incident. Uh, they were just all recently let go with a leave of absence from their particular teams uh, throughout the NHL and one uh, in Europe. But uh, yeah, just a, just a terrible uh, bungling really of the whole thing. And I don't really understand how the league and Canadian hockey can let this go for this many years without some kind of, um, you know, discipline or, inquiry or something anything mm-hmm. uh is is better than how they handled it i mean it's six years in the making now mm-hmm. i mean it's it's really it's really a tough look and then carter hart's probably the highest profile guy that's probably going to be involved in this i mean there hasn't been any proof of it yet but he was definitely one of the people who were given a leave of absence uh in this situation and rumors that the flyers are trying to trade him during the off season prior to this season because he may be involved in it and i don't know the the direct result of it or and no one does or what exactly happened yeah that'll uh, all come out good it's not good it's all going to come out by london police on february 5th in a press conference um it happens to be right after All Star Weekend, which is a convenient timing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, once it's once this at this this story comes out, just recently, um, Utah Salt Lake City decides that they're going to announce their 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 uh, intent to expand yeah. <laughs> into Salt Lake City with the NHL right after it. So, try to throw a curveball, a little bit of a you know misdirection at it to get people's attention on that rather than on this and that was poor timing too and that that seemed to be pretty deliberate so it the whole thing is just reeks of we don't take it that seriously and it's uh you know and they're kind of making a mockery of it and it just puts a real poor taste into into your mouth and and i think that you're going to see if these guys are involved i think you're going to see these guys banned at least for a year and potentially never being allowed back into the league 
Yeah, I think they'll be banned, and I and I don't know if it would be like a a league wide thing where they would be blackballed permanently. But I just don't think teams would touch them. I mean, no, there's a reason why the alleged. I don't know. He's not the co-conspirator, but the lead conspirator in this whole thing is already playing in Europe. It's because no team over here would touch the guy. So, um, you know, it's just um, it's a terrible look throughout all levels of hockey in Canada and the NHL. And the people that covered it up within Team Canada uh, really need to be held accountable too. It can't just be these guys. I mean, obviously these guys should be held accountable and, and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But um, those people that are covering things up really need to take a hard look at themselves and, and face some serious discipline for this too, because you can't be doing something like that and, and get away with it. It just, it, that's not the way it should be. No. So this is going to be interesting on February 5th, what the actual uh, statement is from the London police. And and we'll see for sure what happens then. But I think that you're going to see, you know, all of these players uh, probably be exiled from the league and for a long, long time, if not ever. And, um, you know, it's just not a great look. It's just, none of it. None of it is good for the league and in a league that has really dealt with a lot of, um, you know, poor decision-making and, and uh, you know, bad headlines and, and all those things for a while now. And it's just another one where they're going to have to try to repair their image. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. All right. Centennial season spotlight continues. And we're going to focus on one Cam Neely. Cameron Neely was uh, obviously – a terrific Bruin, one of the best of all time. Injuries cut short his career, but mm-hmm. in 726 games, he had 694 points, 395 goals, 299 assists, and he was a great playoff performer as well. Never won a cup with the Bruins or went to two cup finals. 89 points in 93 uh, playoff games, including 57 goals in 93 playoff games. For Cam, he had 17 hat tricks in his career and was the prototypical power forward. Yeah, I think that he was the one that they coined the term after, right? Yeah, he was. He was the the original, yeah. the the OG, the original power forward, the OG, yeah, the, OG. The, the OG power forward. He was, and he had this at the end of his career as we were in, you know, high school and mm-hmm. going into early college. Like he he would score like literally every game. He would. And he didn't play every game, but when he got back into the line, it was uncanny. He would take nights off, and he would not play back-to-backs for a while because mm-hmm. of his injuries. But then he would go into the lineup and score at least a goal. Like, yeah. Every single time. It was well, he had the, he had the 50 and 44, right? Yeah, 50 and 44 against the Capitals. It was a hat trick. Yeah. We were at, I was at the game. Yeah. It was a hat trick to score his 50th in 44 games. And that was at a time where he wasn't playing every game. Right. And, and he would just come in and just score goals. Yeah. And he was, and he had, you know, Craig Janney was an excellent playmaker. And sure. of course Adam Oates was one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. So that certainly helped, but he had incredible accuracy with the shot. And he also had some real skill with the puck, great hand-eye coordination. Sure. Like he had really good skill too. And, and he could tip pucks and he could, you know, pick, pick corners and all that type of stuff. Had a great shot. Like he had in, in the slot, you talk about, 
You talk about bumper position with Bergeron yeah. in the slot. Nearly was like, he was like Brett Hull. He was, it was like automatic. Yeah. He was deadly from there. there. And he could beat so the living bag out of you too. Are you good? Yeah. If you, I mean, if you looked at him the wrong way, yeah. he was going to beat yeah. the living bag out of you. Oh my God. He, he would get really angry. You think he's angry on the ninth floor. <laughs> when the door yeah. He would get really yeah. Angry yeah. Should go back and watch yeah. some YouTube highlights of, uh, oh on God. hockey fights and, and some oh, other yeah. things. If you want to see, uh, see a guy with uh, some blood running through his veins, some anger. I mean, he had a he had a fight with. I want it was maybe it was Rick Tockett or someone that was just like a bloodbath. Yeah, uh, of course he was after Alf Samuelson one time. Sure. He grabbed him uh, after Alf tried to injure him for his, you know, and it really ended his career eventually. Yeah, uh, and he and he, I thought he was going to kill him. Mm-hmm. I really thought he was going to kill him on the ice uh, that that night. And uh, but he was such a gifted player too. And and that talk about, I mean, he was traded for Barry Peterson. Mm-hmm. Bruins also got the pick they got Wesley, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was, it was a pick they got Wesley too. So that was a great trade for Boston. Even though Barry Peterson was a really great player, he was. Uh, but he he was he, one of my favorites he, actually. Yeah, he had he had most of his great years with Boston, but uh, but that trade with Vancouver was a great one. Great foresight by Harry Sinden and everyone, and and now Neely's a team president and has been a lifelong Bruin and just one of the really great players uh, in Bruins history for sure. And if he played longer, he would be probably up there with Orr as he would certainly be the greatest forward probably ever. I mean, he would have probably passed Espo and Busick and all them if he had been healthy. Yeah, probably big banging forward that he, that he was, but, and you know what, it, when people talk about like a Milan Lucci's, like if he, you know, why doesn't he hit every night? Why doesn't he do this and that? And, and that's the result is Cam Neely. When you, when you go out and hit every night for 82 games and through the playoffs and it shortens your career. Sure. Right? So does. you have to make that decision. Are you going to do that every night or are you going to try to get through uh, and play more, more seasons? Mm-hmm. But, uh, Providence Bruins beauty of the week is Anthony Richard, 15 goals, 18 assists, 33 points. He's a 27 year old, but he was a fourth round pick in the 2015 draft as the Bruins have continued to accumulate 2015 <laughs> draft picks. And, uh, Anthony has been on uh, a little bit of a tear, a little bit of a heater lately. And he's a good player. You know, he's a good AHL player, uh, does have some speed and skill and, and an ability to score goals. He's doing it this year and he's a second point, uh, by the second point getter on the team behind Mikulov, and he's had a really good year for them. Yeah, he's a he's a good player, and he's a nice little add to to the team. I think he's probably a four A guy. He does have probably NHL speed. I don't know mm-hmm. if he has uh, other NHL attributes, but uh, he certainly um, gives you know Providence a, a really good forward and and Bruins some depth if they if they get in a bind, but. Uh, yeah, a, a really good player, and he's and he's having a really good year for Providence. Yeah, he is, and and he's a good, you know, he's a good age, like you say, he's a good AHL kind of veteran guy that you plug in on your AHL team to to produce points and play all season, and you know, like Justin Brezel, they have a couple of those. Yeah, guys they have. That I think four A guys, and you know, they score goals. I think they're good role models too for some of the younger guys they have yeah. in there, kind of doing things the right way and going about things the right way and and producing at that level. So good for him. Yeah. No question. And then prospect spotlight, 
is when Chris Pelosi, who was picked in the 2023 draft by the Bruins, they had to pick further down the draft because of trading away their picks. But Chris has been terrific, 16 goals and 20 assists in 32 games played. He's a plus 34, uh, and he's going to Quinnipiac next season. He looks to be a late-round find for the Bruins. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good find for the Bruins, and, and hopefully he'll go to Quinnipiac and continue to produce. That's a really good team they have there. They won the national title. Uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before that. So, mm. um, you know, a really good squad there. And, and hopefully he can develop more and, and come to the Bruins and, and uh, give them a boost. Yeah, uh, you know, Back at Hendrickson as well. Yeah. Pick. So they, uh, it, it, it's nice to see some of these later round picks uh, hitting for the Bruins because they need that. You know, uh, we talked do. about they a bunch that they, you know, they don't have a lot of, of high picks. Um, you know, they pick usually later in the first round too, because of, you know, the fact that they've been good for so long and, and uh, so in trading the picks away. So they need to hit on some of these, you know, third, fourth, fifth round picks uh, in order to, um, you know, get some people into the prospect system and the pipeline there. Here's a question. Here's a guy I'm just going to throw out there. Is Brett Harrison in the witness protection program? What's he been doing lately? Yeah, I think he's really struggled in Providence. Uh, He did have a little bit of a hot streak, I believe, like a few weeks ago where he's starting to turn it on a little bit. But yeah, overall, like, I don't know if his skating is good enough for the NHL level. I think he has an NHL shot. Um, but if you can't skate and get to the areas where you need to shoot from, uh, yeah. it's going to be tough to score goals. You know, if, if everyone yeah, else is in the, the offensive zone and you're still in the neutral zone because you can't get there, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's a problem. Yeah, I'm, not really say, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's that bad because I, I haven't right. watched a lot of Providence Bruins. Um, right. But the the knock on him is his is his skating so unless he really improves that i think mm-hmm. you know he's probably going to be a career ahl guy or echl guy you know when the when the time comes to uh you know that's that's what his ceiling probably is well that that we've seen that with Trent Frederick like he improved his skating yeah because he wasn't a very good skater uh but he wasn't i mean he's a he's always been like a third line guy like he's he hasn't had the expectation to be like Harrison needs to be a top six player you know this is the same thing as Jack Stanika to me like he's a pro he fits the profile of top six forward he's not a guy you're going to put in on like the bottom two lines because he's just not that type of player yeah I mean that value that's that's the thing though like about both of those guys is like was there anything like I said NHL shot with Harrison I'm not sure he hasn't yeah, yeah. So something elite you do. Yeah. Right? Do you way. have an elite yeah. skill? Right. Stanika didn't have any elite skills. He was pretty no, good at everything, yeah. but that gets you yeah. to the AHL level and it gets it you a cup right. of coffee in the NHL and yeah. then you get you traded and then it gets you sent right. down and, <laughs> right. and then you play in right. Europe somewhere. So yeah. that's what it gets right. you. So you can be pretty good and, and have a pro career. It just won't be in the NHL, which right. is fine. Yeah. And that's probably what Harrison's going to be. You know, I don't know if his shot is an elite shot or just a very good shot. But like I said, if you can't do anything else, at least pretty good, then you're you're not going to get a you're not going to get a shot in the NHL. That's for no. It's for elite talent. 
Right, and you're right. And this year he has three goals, five assists in 23 games. Yeah, I mean, it's not um, good enough. And even in the OHL, like he had a season where he had 27 goals. He had 16 goals. He had 18 goals. He's not putting up like Lysel numbers right. in the WHL or or numbers that are off the charts. It's kind of goal scoring wise. So, yeah, I think I think you might see him being a career 4H, 4H, 4H. I mean, guy. he's not even doing that well in the AHL. So if they, if the Bruins get some guys that can, that are, you know, get Christopher Pelosi's of the world to come in there and, or, you know, other undrafted free agents or whatever that, yeah. that are, that are better off. Um, Dan's Luck Mellis. Yeah. yeah Luck Mellis. I mean, there's yeah. some guys, you know, Riley Duran, whatever it is, there's some yeah. guys there that could be coming into the pipeline in the next right. couple of years here that could knock his ass back to, you know, the Savannah Swamp Rabbits. So, you know, the, <laughs> the Bloomington Bisons. What is, is that the new team, Connor? The Bloomington Bisons in the ECHL? That is correct. There the you Bloomington go. Bloomington Bison. And the just Dubuque. to clarify, it is the uh, Greenville Swamp Rabbits. <laughs> okay. I went with Savannah for the alliteration. They have a team, though, don't they? Savannah? It's Savannah Ghost Pirates. Oh, yes. there you go. Boom. Oh, can you move the team to Savannah? I mean, please. I mean, Dubuque, Dubuque Dingbats? What is it? <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, yeah, uh, he'll be with one of them. Swamp Pirates, wasn't it? With swamp. swamp Pirates? <laughs> oh, no, Ghost Pirates, Swamp Rats. <laughs> Are there pirates in the swamp? Like, I don't even get it. That was my fault. That was my yeah. fault. It's the Ghost yeah. Pirates and the Swamp Rabbits. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I don't want to offend Armand. I don't want to offend any of our ECA, you know we'll ECHL. Figure that out. Yeah, because I don't know who the hell that is. So, yeah, uh, hopefully he does well. Um, all right, week ahead for the Boston Bruins uh, tonight, Wednesday night, at home against the Carolina Hurricanes, and then on uh, January twenty seventh, on Saturday night at Philadelphia before the All Star break, where they'll have ten days off. From Bruins hockey. Wow, that's a big that's a big uh I think February sixth. Get back at it. It's a big break there for the for it the is. bees after the so you know you'd look you'd look for them to try to finish strong here. Two tough sure. opponents though. Tell you Carolina's playing really well lately. Yeah. Uh kind of found themselves good. after a really and tough start to the year. Number and best. They yeah. have. Uh so that's yeah. that that'll be a tough matchup for them. And then Philadelphia is playing really well they're in playoff position they play extremely hard under Tortorella um I don't know if you saw some of the goals that Owen Tippett scored the other night he scored a yeah. Dennis Savard yeah. special a little spinorama backhand mm-hmm. roof job the other night that was beautiful so they're playing really well so it's going to be a couple of really tough games here for the Bruins in the next few but you know you'd really like to see them kind of end on a high note here before the before the all-star break so I don't know. They can ride in. They can ride right in with a seven game. They could. Streak. They could. They could ride right in with it. Yeah. Let's go streaking. Streaking. Yeah, we'll go streaking, honey. Yeah. Right. Seven game streak. Let's let's try it. Let's try let's it. Try it. Yeah. Just a tip. Um, see how it feels. Just a tip. Just see how it feels. You're a big fan of roof jobs. <laughs> All right. Go to insidetherink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Shirts, hot, hoodies, hats, mugs, stickers, coasters, all sorts of stuff. You can hit the QR code right there on YouTube to get right to our merchandise site. 
uh, and pick up some of that good stuff. Follow us on social media at Bruins Benders. We do game updates on X during the games. We get a lot of interaction and engagement. Go ahead and do it with us at Bruins Benders. And then, of course, you can purchase your NHL hockey tickets on Ticketmaster using our QR code right through InsideTheRink.com and support our show via Ticketmaster, get some tickets. I'm going to look for some. We're actually going to go, or I'm going to try to go with you guys to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Colorado Avalanche game in February. Yeah, I'm excited for that. My ticket. Yeah, that'd be good to see two other teams, two other good teams yep. in another in another venue. Yeah, another building. Uh, see how the other, the other half lives. Yeah, we'll cool. be down there in Tampa for that one. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it, absolutely. So go ahead and subscribe to Inside the Rink as Inside the Rink on the YouTube page as well, and view our content. Thanks so much for listening, and go Bruins! Thanks a lot. Bye bye.